This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. So you do this and you don't do that. No, that's not why God gave it to us so we won't do these things. He gave it to us so he could show, we can see that God is a holy God and we're not. Those list of laws shows how holy God is. To be right with him, you can't break not one single commandment. It's to show how holy God is and how sinful man is. Have you ever wondered why the Old Testament had so many laws? Sometimes it can be discouraging because it seems so hard to measure up to all the laws. It's not just hard, it's actually impossible. The law is there to show us that there is nothing that we can do to get into right standing with God. It is only Jesus who can do that. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be sharing how the law should encourage us to depend on Christ. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. As he begins his message, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Hebrews chapter 12. Let's go before the Lord in prayer as we study God's word verse by verse. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your son Jesus. We thank you for your word. Your word is a lamp unto our feet, Lord. Your word gives life. Your word gives us wisdom, discernment. Your word teaches us. Your word brings us closer to you. And Lord, we just ask now as we continue our study through the book of Hebrews, Lord, we're going to learn about an unshakable kingdom. A kingdom that's in your presence, that's in your hands, Lord. You handle all things. And so, Lord, we ask, Lord, as we study your word, that your Holy Spirit, who inspired the right of Hebrews, to be our teacher. And so we pray that we empty ourselves, Lord, that we give ear to hear what your word has to say, eyes to see the pages before us, our minds to understand the passage, and our heart ready to receive it, and our lives ready to walk it. So be with us, Lord, we ask this in your name we pray. Amen. And so let us read verses 18 to 29 of Hebrews chapter 12 together, shall we? Verse 18 says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, and that burned with fire, and to blackness, and darkness, and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. For they could not endure what was commanded. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, 
to Jesus the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood that sprinkled that speaks better than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks. For if they do not escape who refuse him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicate that removal of those things that are being shaken as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Now we're going to look at three things, and I'll study three things. For those of you who are taking notes, in verses 18 to 24, verses 18 to 24, we're going to look at the contrast, the contrast between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. The contrast between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. In verse 25, we're going to look at the final warning. The final warning is the fifth warning in the book of Hebrews. Then in verses 26 to 29, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. A kingdom that cannot be shaken. That's in verses 26 to 29. Well, we read the text. Let's now study it verse by verse. We begin by looking at the contrast between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. Mount Sinai and Mount Zion. Let's look at verse 18. Let's look at the first line there. It says, For you have not come to the mountain. You have not come to the mountain. He's writing to the first readers of Hebrews. He's writing to us, believers in Christ. And the the mountain that he's speaking of here is Mount Sinai. It is the mountain where God gave Moses the commandments, the law. It is where the old covenant was given. It is the mountain where the children of Israel feared for their lives. And they experienced a, a fearful, terrifying experience there at the mountain in Mount Sinai. And you can find that event, for those of you who want to study this a little bit more further, in Exodus chapters 19 and 20. In Exodus chapter 19 and, and 20. And so the writer of Hebrew, he's going to give us some of the highlights though, in verses 18 to 20, of what took place there at Mount Sinai. Let's continue reading in verse 8. It says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, that burned with fire, and to blackness and darkness and tempest, verse 19, and the sound of a trumpet and the voice of words. So what made this mountain have this fire, this blackness, this darkness, this storm, or even the the sound of a trumpet? It was the sound and the effects of the holiness of God giving the law, the commandments to Moses and the children of Israel. So when you read the story, what made that mountain shake? What made the children of Israel fearful? They heard the holy God give the law to Moses. 
And at this, the children of Israel were full of fear, and they were terrified. So look at verse 19 again, and we see the effects. What happens here? At the, at the end of verse 19, it says, So that those who heard it, the children of Israel, begged that the word should not be spoken to them anymore. They did not want to hear it because it was terrifying. To hear the voice of God. Now that word, word there in the Greek at the end of 19, verse 19, is the word, the Greek word, logos. It is the same word that we find in John chapter 1, verses 1, verse 1, where it says, In the beginning was the word, which is logos, and the word logos was with God. And the word Logos was God. And then in verse 14 of the Gospel of John chapter 1 it says, And the word Logos became flesh. So who's the word here? It's Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ who gave and spoke at the mountain. Okay? And gave the law to Moses. Now, I just want to go to Exodus chapter 20 and read what happened after the Lord gave the Ten Commandments to Moses. Look what happened in Exodus chapter 20 verses 18 and 19. It says, Now all the people witnessed the thunderings, the lightning flashes, the sound of the trumpet, and the mountain smoking. And when the people saw it, they trembled and stood afar off. That was a scary mountain. (laughs) And then they said to Moses, you speak with us and we will hear you. But let not God speak with us lest we die. They feared someone say, hey, Mo, you got a better relationship than we do. Okay, you're the leader. God called you from the burning bush. We're just following you. You know, you go. We don't want to go. You go. Hear what the Lord has to say. And whatever you tell us, we're going to follow it. But we don't want to hear it directly. We don't want to be at the foot of the mountain. We don't want to get close to the mountain. So you be our representative. You go and speak for us. And in verse 20, it says, for they, speaking of the children, cannot endure what was command. They couldn't deal, not only hearing the voice and the effects, they couldn't deal, they couldn't even handle the command. And that's the truth. When we look at the law, when we look at the commandments, we see that it's very difficult to follow the commandments. Is it not? Yes, it is. <laughs> and so now at the end of verse 20, in the middle of verse 20, you're going to say he's going to quote Exodus chapter 19, verse 13. If you see it in your Bible, you might have it in italics because he is quoting from Exodus chapter 19, verse 13. Look what it says at the end of verse 20. And if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. So, you see, the presence of God on Mount Sinai, it represents His holiness. It is where God went on the mountain. It's where God spoke to Moses. And if anyone went near the mountain and went to say in Exodus that even if a person was at the foot of the mountain, they were to be stoned to death. And, and you know, just to think about it, I think when you look at it, say, why? Wait a minute. Well, think about it. They feared the mountain. If a person actually didn't have the fear of God, he would approach the mount, wouldn't he? And that's the danger when you don't fear God. And that's the reason why that person had the bad attitude. That person did not reverence God. That person did, did not fear God. So they were put to death. And even an animal. Okay? Now, you may say if you're paying attention closely, you'll see that in, you're going to probably say, why... 
that the writer of Hebrew in verse 18 says, For you have not come to the mountain that may be touched. But we just read in Exodus chapter 19, it says, If anyone touch the mountain, even an animal, it shall be put to death. Well, the reality is not that they couldn't touch it. You know, they could touch it. But what it was referring to, permission, not possibility. It's a possibility you can touch it. But who wants to take that chance? Because you're going to be stoned to death, right? But the fact, what he's trying to say, that this mountain is a physical mountain. It's a mountain that you can actually see. It's a mountain that you can actually touch. You can actually walk on. Okay? That is what he's trying to point out here. And so... The children of Israel saw this physical mountain, saw the effects of the holiness of God, and saw the effects of how God gave the law, and they were afraid. However, the children of Israel were not the only ones afraid. Let's look at verse 21. Look what it says. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses, even Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. You took it out. Hey, Mo, how can you be? So did you be the Lord at the burning bush? He said, I am. I am. Who said I am? Jesus Christ, right? It was Jesus Christ who appeared to Moses in the burning bush that called him out. He said, hey, Mo, didn't you like uh, the Lord use you to call down these 10 plagues and, and deal with Egypt? Yeah. Before the Lord called you, Mo, didn't you like kill an Egyptian because he was abusing a Hebrew slave? Yeah. How can you be afraid? Well, as much as you know God, it is the fear. And I think that's important for every one of us. It doesn't matter how long you know the Lord. Because I think the more you know the Lord, the more fearful you will be. And it's a fear of reverence. It's not a fear that God's going to, you know, he, like he's up in heaven with a bat. Every time you mess up, he's going to whack you, you know. And that's not the God we serve. But the more you know God, the more you reverence him. And we can see that here with the children of Israel. They feared. They feared even the mountain. They feared when they heard the commandments come down. Those very commandments that they heard from the mountain, the very commandments that caused them to tremble, to fear, is the very commandments that you and I have today. It's in your Bible. So my question is, are we reverencing the Word of God? Do we take the Word of God fearfully? Do we respect it with reverence when we read the Word of God? Are we receiving it like out of respect as the children of Israel did? You know, that makes me think, to be honest. When I open my Bible to respect it, to respect the Word of God. We live in a time when nobody respects anything nowadays. And we need to respect the Word of God. Do not take it lightly. And so Moses himself was afraid. Now, the writer is trying to do here by pointing to Mount Sinai in Exodus chapter 19 and 20. What he's trying to do here is to give us a picture about the law. That's what he's trying. It's about the law and it's about grace. And what he's trying to say, if the law, the Ten Commandments, with the fire and the smoke and the lightnings and the the sound of a a loud trumpet, if it can make a physical mountain shake and move, and it did, how much more would the law do to man? How much more would it do to man? You see, the law reveals the righteousness and the holiness of God. The law shows that there is the wrath of God as well. 
And it points against sin. It's against sin. Remember the writer of Hebrews, he's writing to a group of Jewish believers who attempted to go back to the laws of Moses. And he's going to give them that comparison because they're going to know what happened in Mount Sinai. They, they learned it in rabbinical school. They learned it in, in the synagogues. Generation after generation and how the Lord God gave Moses the commandments in which they lived by. And they feared it in their respect. But he's trying to, he's going to show the difference between this mountain, Mount Sinai, and Mount Zion. You see, the commandments, and we know this, the commandment was never given to us to fulfill. The commandments, we know there are ten commandments. You know, thou shalt not, thou shalt have no other God before me. That's the moral commands. Then you have the commandments, the law of the civil law. You have the Levitical laws. So you have the civil laws, uh, Levitical laws, and you have the moral laws. All of them make up around 613 laws. Can we keep them? Absolutely not. We can't even keep the first one. How can we even keep the second, third, and 613? It's impossible. Because it was never meant for us to fulfill. And one of the misconceptions that people do have, 9 out of 10 or 19 out of 20, will probably say, well, God gave us this command, because it's just laws, a bunch of do's and don'ts. So you do this and you don't do that. No, that's not why God gave it to us, so we won't do these things. He gave it to us so he could show, we can see that God is a holy God and we're not. Those list of laws shows how holy God is. To be right with him, you can't break not one single commandment. It's to show how holy God is and how sinful man is. And when that came to man, it shook the mountain. Romans chapter 3 verse 20, Paul writes to the church of Rome. He says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. It just shows you what is sinful. But Jesus Christ fulfilled all the laws and the prophets. And that is the reason why it's through him that we made righteous. And so... After he described Mount Sinai to the children of Israel, now he's going to give us the contrast with another mountain called Mount Zion. Mount Zion, that's in verses 22 to 24. And so let's look at the contrast. Look at verse 22. He says, but you, notice that, but you, believers in Jesus Christ, but you have come to Mount Zion Go back up to verse 18. He begins verse 18. He says, For you have not come to the mountain. You have not come to the mountain, Mount Sinai, but you have come to Mount Zion. There's a difference. There's a difference. So now before we go any further, Mount Zion, you probably heard the word Zion or Mount Zion quite often if you study the word of God. What is Mount Zion? Where is it? What does it mean? Well, hopefully I can answer all those questions for you today. Zion is mentioned 161 times in the entire Bible, 154 times in the Old Testament, 7 times in the New Testament. Both in the Hebrew and the Greek, the word Zion or Sion means fortification. It means a perch place. However, the exact location, not many people 
or not many scholars know exactly the place because there was never meant to be a place. It's a spiritual place. But it's another word for Jerusalem and it refers to the highest, most ancient part of Jerusalem. Now, you have the word Zion by itself and you have Mount Zion. And so Mount Zion is a hill and is first mentioned in 2 Samuel in chapters 5 and 6. You should read that for homework. 2 Samuel chapter 5 and 6. After David captured the hilltop fortress in Jerusalem, he resided there himself and he placed the Ark of the Covenant there in Zion. And then Zion by itself, when you see the word Zion for you students of the word, it is synonymous with the city of God. It refers to the city of God. And that's what we're, we're going to focus on. Because we're not talking about a physical mountain. That's not the point. The point is we're going to be focusing on a spiritual place, a city of God. Because we did not come to a mountain that we can touch. We have come to Mount Zion. Let's read Psalm. This is a great Psalm. Psalm 87 verses 2 and 3. The psalmists write this. The Lord loved the gates of Zion more than all the dwelling of Jacob. What does that mean? Everywhere Israel was. So more than anywhere Israel dwelled. So the Lord loved the gates of Zion more than any dwellings of Jacob. Glorious things are spoken of you, O city of God. That's the point. That's where the writer of Hebrews is trying to point here. It's not a physical mountain, but it's a spiritual place in a spiritual sense. So the contrast is between the two. Let's continue reading verse 22. He said, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God. And here it is. So we know keeping this in context, this is a spiritual sense. The heavenly Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem. Now, is that a physical place? On earth? No. Heavenly place, Jerusalem in heaven, right? So, with the old covenant, here's the contrary. With the old covenant, the laws of Moses, the commandments, the children of Israel were at Mount Sinai with fear and trembling. But here, here it is. But now, we as believers in Jesus Christ, through the blood of Christ, we can boldly come through the throne of grace, through the new covenant, Mount Zion, the heavenly Jerusalem, without fear. They feared the physical mountain, Mount Sinai. But because of Jesus Christ, we come to Mount Zion, which is without fear. Let's keep on reading. Let's read from 22 again. But you have not come to Mount Zion, to the city of living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels. There are plenty of angels. There isn't a number. That's, that's how many angels are in heaven. Okay? And there's only a third that fell. All right, there's two thirds in heaven, so the entire angelic host that is there, verse 23, to the general assembly. What is the general assembly? Well, let's look back. There's the cloud of witnesses mentioned in chapter 11. We study chapter 11. Chapter 11 is the Hall of Faith chapter, right? All the Old Testament saints that made it. Aren't you glad you decided to join us today on Running the Race? Pastor Eddie has been making his way through the book of Hebrews in a series, Jesus is Better. We're learning some great truths about Jesus coming to be all that the Old Testament had talked about. The strength of God's Word and how it's fulfilled is something mighty to ponder. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the Word of God is living and powerful 
and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We pray that God's Word has been a discerner of your heart today. We're so glad you joined us for Running the Race. Running the Race is a radio ministry out of Calvary Chapel of Milford. If you're in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area, Jessica has an invitation for you. We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. Head over to runningtheraceradio.com to learn more about the church and hear more messages. Pastor Eddie has more to share with you in the book of Hebrews, so make sure you come back to hear more next time, here on Running the Race.